Let's Talk PR and More. Public relations, media, publicity, integrated communications, marketing, digital, reputation management, and more. Let's Talk PR and More with award-winning PR strategist, Sherry Goldman. Hi, I'm Sherry Goldman, president of Goldman Communications Group, and welcome to Let's Talk PR and More. My guest today is George Rosenberg. George has a long history in PR agency management, having spent 17 years at Burst and Marstella in New York, and then moving on to become president and then CEO of Conan Wolf, building that agency into an international firm ranked in the industry's top firms. He's opened his own PR firm. He's helped establish the communications recruiting practice at international search firm Ward Powell International. And for many years now, and still currently, he is president of the Rosenberg Group, where he advises owners of public relations and integrated communications firms on how to grow and manage their agencies more effectively, including how to position their firms, plan for growth, and hire and retain stars, as well as on key leadership issues. So as you could tell, George truly has his finger on the pulse of the industry and the people who lead it and the people who work in it. And I'm proud to say I've known George for so many years, and he has truly been helpful, thoughtful, and a true friend to me. So I'm honored he's here today as my guest. Welcome, George. Thank you, Sherry. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. There's so many things I want to talk to you about today, but let me just start with your perspective of the PR industry today, which for me is so different than the agent industry I joined, and I'm sure so different than the industry you joined. Well, I, I, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very broad question. I think a number of differences in the agency world today, first of all, many, many more agencies. Uh, it's a tremendously competitive field. I think there are a lot of agencies that uh, are competing with, uh, with firms that uh, perhaps they've never competed with before. Oh, Advertising absolutely. agencies, marketing communications firms, uh, even law firms for, for crisis clients. Um, and another thing I think that's uh, different is the broad range of services. You know, when I started in public relations, and perhaps you, know, you as well, Sherry, though, um, uh, it was much more of a media relations world. Uh, today, public relations, uh, the term public relations is so broad, it covers everything from digital and social and, and media relations and crisis and, and financial. It's it's a term I think that that uh, you know I grew up in in, in Bursey Marsteller as you mentioned, and we define public relations frankly as everything but paid advertising, and to some extent public relations today carries that definition. It's just about everything that an agency can do, uh, and frankly even paid advertising is part of the repertoire of many PR firms today. I was going to say I know even when I teach we teach the pay sell model and P is paid and so much is whether paid advertising or now you pay for influencers which is now paid there's sponsored yeah. content and all of that so there's a lot of paid in public relations which i think is why we have so many competitors well i think that's i think that's true uh, obviously um it's it's easier to buy something and pay for it than back in the uh, in the earlier days of public relations, where you actually had to create and convince an editor that something was newsworthy, it's a it's a different world. A lot of young people and, and agencies have are having a difficult time as they've had for years in attracting talent. And I think talent 
again, is is one of the most critical things when it comes to agency growth. And we could talk more about that. No, and I definitely want to. So since you brought that up, we'll start with that. And I know that you've said things like agencies grow by adding talent and not focusing on clients, which I think people would think is counterintuitive because clients bring revenue and revenue means growth. But but we are a business of talent. So let's talk about that. Well, it's, it's funny. I just got off the phone with a client, <clears throat> and I said the same thing to her, which is, you know, we talked about growth, and I did say, and I used those exact words. I think agencies grow by adding talent because talent begins to attract business. It's really difficult to take on new clients and to have a growth strategy uh, without the people to manage that growth and to lead that growth. And other, what happens uh, if you don't add talent is you simply churn business because. People get spread too thin. Uh, they get burned out. They they work on new business. They sometimes forget or neglect their existing clients, and so you you begin to churn business. So uh, I am a big believer in investing in talent uh, as a way to grow your agency. Now, obviously, you do need a lead generation program, and you do need a marketing program that supports your lead generation program. But uh, without the talent. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult to sustain growth. And that, you know, that leads to, you know, when, when, when there's a single owner or even m- multiple owners of a firm, um, can we, will we be satisfied with less profit because we're investing in talent? And that's a decision that owners have to make. Um, Am I running this business to grow it, or am I running this business as a lifestyle business? And what do you um, advise a, them to do? Well, I can't, I, I, can't, I can't advise someone not to run it as a lifestyle business. I've had, I've had clients, to be honest with you, who have said, look, you know, growth is important, but the reality of it is I want to maintain the lifestyle I have. I have, a, I have a nice home. I have a vacation home. I take good trips each year. Uh, that's, I'm more interested in that than actually growing and ultimately selling my firm. Everybody needs to have an exit strategy, and one of the exit strategies for owners who, who will not be able to sell their firms is simply to monetize the firm over a bunch of years and then either walk away from it, fold it, give it away, or whatever. Um, but a lifestyle firm is, is um, you know, that's an, that's an owner's decision. I happen to prefer, obviously, to work with owners who want to grow who want to, to build their firm and who are willing to invest the time and the money to add the talent that's going to help them do that. So let's talk about talent because you keep saying that. Is what agencies need today in talent different than what they needed years ago? Because years ago we were publicists, right? And then you had managers. And now the I, I, talent, I think, is broader, but, but different. People are different, to, I think too. it has to be. Yeah, I think it has to be. You know, we, we didn't we didn't hire back in the day people who who understood the world of digital communication. Today, there was no digital communication. You know, sadly, we're better for worse. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I I, I remember uh, you know uh, helping to lead an effort uh, at Burson Marsteller to automate from uh, believe it or not from typewriters to computers. That was our digital. That was our <laughs> technology back in the day. So today, talent. Digital communications is critical, and and I put social media under under the, the banner of, of digital. Clearly, writing has always been important in the in a, in our world. It continues to be important. I think the degree of of, of certainly a knowledge of 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 all media 
is still critically important. I'll tell you my, my own feeling that the most important characteristic or quality in a successful public relations executive is intelligence, is smartness. You know, if, if, I, would, I would much rather hire someone who is incredibly bright and can learn than hiring someone who doesn't have that sort of innate curiosity that makes a successful communications uh, strategist. That's just a personal opinion. But, well, uh, I support that, and I would think that would have always been the case, right? I mean, I'd rather it, it have is. someone. I think, I think there's a tendency, however, today, because talent is so scarce and it's so hard because there's so many firms and so many individual practitioners that sometimes you default to, hey, let's just get someone in here who's okay, who's good, and that doesn't really work out usually. Is talent so, so scarce um, because there are so many firms or because people, listen, I teach in a program that's ad slash PR at City College. And I always say to my students on the first day of their intro to PR class, because I have them when they first come in, you know, are you more interested in PR or ad? And they tend to gravitate towards advertising. They think it's more creative. They think it's more fun. Half of them want to be influencers. Um, so are we at PR not attracting talent to start with? Or is it just there's so many firms and so many things that we're competing for the same people? I, I think the competition with, I mean, you know, again, there's the public relations firms, there's digital firms, there's marketing firms, advertising agencies, influencer agencies, consulting firms. I, I, I do think there are many, many more potential competitors for talent okay. than there ever was, you know, back in the days when, when half a dozen firms sort of ruled the industry. Uh, that's not true anymore. Um, you read about some of these newer agencies, the startups that are growing rapidly. Um, they are broad communications firms that do a little bit of everything. Um, so, so many more firms, so many more potential avenues for graduates, uh, to get into the field. Um, I think one of the reasons that, that your students may gravitate towards advertising is they've been exposed to it. Uh, a lot more. And they, they, they frankly also don't necessarily know the difference, do they, between, you know, what is advertising and what is PR? Because the, the lines are so blurred today. They are blurred. And I think that PR is a general, and this is one of my pet peeves, I think the industry has done a terrible job in terms of explaining what public relations is. Because even to this day, then, I bump into people who think publicity Public relations is publicity. And I go, well, that's one tool in our toolbox. That's one tactic. But we are so much broader. And they don't understand it. So between the combination of people not understanding what PR or people going, advertising is more accessible. They see it. They get it. Or I just want to be in digital. I want to be a specialist. And they go into that hyper-specialist area, like you said, a digital agency, an influencer agency. But in some ways, they're going to be pigeonholed there, in my opinion. And if they do that function in a PR agency, they really have the ability to expand and grow and learn a lot. But sure. that's my it, personal it, it, thing. <laughs> I'll well, get off no, my I mean, soapbox. You know, I, I, I would agree. I, I think uh, I was talking to a client yesterday 
and they're interviewing for a position, and this is a marketing firm. Okay. And they want someone. Now, I say a marketing firm. They do everything. And, you know, they're a little bit of PR, a little bit of experiential marketing, and and they're particularly focused in the, uh, the LGBTQ community. And so they want somebody not only of the community necessarily, but someone who has the, who, who really wants to help a client with their marketing issues. And I think one of the things that the younger graduate, if you will, or the graduate doesn't necessarily think about, again, it's more, I want to do digital, I want to do social, I want to be an influencer, I want to be an ad person or whatever, as opposed to, you know, I really love the idea of helping clients solve their, you know, business problems with communication. And maybe that's a little bit too sophisticated for a for a student to think about. That's the kind of that, that's the kind of thinking that's going to get somebody a job. Oh, I agree, and that's also going to make your work for your clients successful. Is you need to understand business and marketing and management because you are helping them with their business. We're doing it through public relations, but our goal is to help them. So it's got to be strategic. It's got to reach their target audiences. It's got to make all of the things that matter. Um, I have a client who hired somebody who is an expert in performance marketing. So what's that? I don't think I've ever heard that term before. I'm not even sure what performance marketing is. Oh, I feel much better now. (laughs) It's again, it's, 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 it's much more of a, of, of digital, digital communications. But again, it's a term that you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have seen uh, years ago. You know, it's, it's really helping a client market their products digitally with posts, with um, uh, plat- new, you know, getting into new platforms, using influencers, et cetera, performance marketing, like influencer marketing. Yeah, which I actually have done a show on, but um, it, it's crazy and it's all paid. It used to be you could deal with influencers and you pitch exactly. them like media, but not anymore. So suddenly it becomes difficult, I'll say, for small, mid-sized nonprofits and things like that because the budgets are crazy now. The largest agencies are paying for that, but I think it's glomming budgets that might have gone into more, I don't want to say traditional public relations tactics, but things that we know that are now being spent and paid for for influencers. Yeah, and, and, and again, I mean, there are, there are firms that can exist and thrive and do very well with, you know, uh, was sticking to 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 their niche. Uh, if they're a more traditional public relations firm, fine. You don't have to be all things to all people uh, to be successful in this in this business. If you're running an agency, I think one of the most important things beyond having the right kind of talent is the vision for what it is you truly want to create. Um, I do a lot of work and have done a lot of work over the years and in, in the areas of vision and strategy. You know, uh, if we said, hey, it's uh, you know, July 20th, 2026, what does your firm look like and how do you get there? And then what are the barriers that might hold you back from getting there and how do you overcome those barriers? That's, you know, uh, you, you don't have to be a big agency or a, a diverse agency uh, with, uh, you know, 18 different types of services in order to have a clear vision of what it is you want to create. Something that's a... It's a it's a real cornerstone, in my opinion, of leadership. Well, you just bring up leadership. That was my next question. Does that vision come from leadership? It, it obviously does. But does leadership communicate that to others? And do most leaders have that vision? Um, 
I'm going to say no. That would be my my take on that. <laughs> well, you know, again, as, over the years as I've worked for, for many uh, small to mid-sized public relations firms, if I've asked someone, so what is your vision looking out over the next three years? The answer I typically get is, is, is a number. We want to be a $2 million agency or a $5 million agency with uh, no, I don't want no more, no more than 15 people. Uh, I don't want to have a big agency. That's not a vision. I was going to say that's not a vision. That, that to Those me, that's financial, you know, on the one hand, it's a financial goal and it's a, a, uh, you know, a, a, an attitude about numbers of people. And I always follow that up with, okay, so you, once you've hit your 2 million and you get an opportunity to, to, uh, uh, to talk to a client that might, might be another hundred to 200 or $300,000 client, are you going to turn them down because you've hit your number? No, of course not. A, a, a vision really is a, it's a statement of possibility that I think defines the strategic goal of the agency. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a filter in a way that, that helps you make the decision. And, and my shorthand is a vision is what you want your agency to become as you look out over the next three years. And then every decision that you make, hiring, the type of client you go after, the type of service you provide relates to the vision that you've created. And if it doesn't fit the vision, you don't do it. So when you are hiring that talent, do you share that vision when you're bringing in? Because we go back to talent being the key to agency growth. Your talent needs to match that vision, I would assume. Absolutely. And you share that vision, obviously, with with everybody in the firm. You know, a a firm that has a, a leadership team, if you will, you know, two or three or four people who represent the, the most senior people in the firm, they're the ones typically that create that vision with the owner. Uh, but then that's shared with everybody in the firm. And when you recruit, you recruit against that vision. If your vision is to be the lifestyle and public relations firm of choice for the world's leading consumer brands, that's going to influence the kind of person you're looking for. The vision acts as the filter. I think it's, again, very important to relate everything you do back towards that vision. And that vision impacts the culture of the agency? Because, I mean, I was listening and you said, obviously, agencies are having a tough time recruiting and finding talent. And now they're looking for digital people and they're looking for very niche, specialized skills. Sometimes they just want that skill, but not the vision. So I, I kind of see how does or don't see how it all meshes together. But I think it needs to. Well, again, you know, depending on the on, on your vision or the kind of firm you want to create, uh, you may you know look at that and say, okay, wh- what are we missing? We may be missing a particular expertise. Uh, have a client who might have a a, a group of uh, of hospitality clients, but nobody necessarily to to run their hospitality business. That influences <laughs> the kind of person that, you know, their, their account people do it. They do a good job necessarily, but, you know, from a, from a standpoint of the vision to be a, a, uh, a leader in the hospitality world, for example, uh, clearly the talent that they've got to uh, hire is more senior level practitioners in hospitality. That's just an example. So sometimes you're going to hire a specialist, and sometimes you're going to hire a senior practitioner, but it all depends again on what am I trying to create here? You know, 
what what is what what does my firm look like three years from now? What do I want it to look like? Clients, do I want to go after? When you have that vision for your firm and, and using a talent, do you need to do your own thought leadership and PR for your own agency to communicate that? Because well, there's something to, Cheryl, to be said know, is how is the this, world going to know about it? You, you, you know this is as well or better certainly than, than I do. <laughs> how do agencies get known? Right? They get known by the clients they keep. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm the shoemaker's child, George. I'm the worst person for my own business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, they get known by the work that they do. Right. The, 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 the silver anvils, the awards, the Cipro awards, whatever. Uh, so they get known by the clients. They get known by the work that they do. They might get known uh, by a certain specialty if they have a really uh, significant or uh, important niche. But often firms get known by the leadership, okay. uh, the personality, the owner. Um, I've, I've always thought that uh, uh, you know Steve Cody and, and Peppercock has done a marvelous job of um, of of promoting his firm by by frankly being out there and and speaking about issues that affect the industry. Uh, Richard Edelman is another one who's done the same thing with his firm. Um, so thought leadership, um, the ability of, a, of an owner to have points of view, to be vulnerable, to express those points of view um, are, are important in building leadership and, frankly, building reputation and recognition of the firm. Can small so, agencies, um, com- I know you work with small and mid-sized too, but can small agencies compete with the larger agencies? Because I, I hear what you're saying and I agree. And then I think of some of the largest agencies in our business, the Ketchums, the Fleischmanns, which are owned by the conglomerates. And they themselves are, God knows, large and big. You don't really know necessarily the leadership. And when you're attracting talent, you work in an account group or something. Whereas the smaller yeah. firms or the entrepreneurial firms, yes, the Edelman's name is on the door. You know, MWW's name's well, on the door. It, it, I mean, I think you're asking a couple of things. You know, number one, can a, can a small agency compete with a large agency? I, I think the answer is yes. Uh, in certain situations, uh, and then certainly there are any numbers of examples of, of, uh, of, of corporations that have hired smaller, perhaps even niche firms uh, in, in, in place of, of a large agency. But if you're doing a large global program, uh, you might want to hire a, a Burson Marsteller or, a, or an Edelman that has offices all over the world or hiring individual firms. So, yeah, they, they can compete. The, the question really, I think, is if I'm an, an owner of a smaller firm, do I want to compete with those firms? And my answer probably is no. I would um, second that for sure. <laughs> because it's, I, can have a, I can have more success understanding the clients that really make the most sense for my firm and going after those clients. I'm a big believer in proactive uh, lead generation as opposed to sitting back and hoping the phone rings or, you know, somebody logs onto your website and says, hey, we're interested. Uh, there's, there's, there's room for both, obviously. Are smaller firms better off being specialist firms, specializing either in an industry or a niche like only digital, as versus the larger ones, which are everything? 
it's a great question, uh, and I and I and I don't know that that, that there's a that there's a right answer. I think the answer is more likely found in the owner of the firm. I grew up as a generalist. I did everything from coal-fired boilers and nuts and bolts to uh, oh, the good uh, stuff. Tony, home per- <laughs> Tony Home Permanence and, and, uh, and shaving cream. If you have not only a capability, but frankly a passion for a particular segment uh, of an industry, and you can develop the talent and the expertise in that niche, there is no reason why you shouldn't continue. Maybe as you seek to grow, begin to look and add a second niche, if you will, second capability. And there it goes back to my, my, uh, my point of view about adding talent. Okay. You can't just decide you're going to go into another segment, but if you hire an individual who has experience and background in, let's say, you know, uh, in healthcare or hospitality, now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to expand that, that niche. The generalist firms also, generalists or specialists also, I think, depend in part on geography. If you're located in, you know, a market that's not one of the major markets in this country, it's really hard to be a specialist. You're more likely to be a generalist because uh, uh, there are many more potential clients that you can attract to your firm. Gotcha, because a lot of your clients are going to come from the local area or the regional area. Yeah, yeah exactly. And there are markets that are, that are uh, uh, you know, just very difficult to specialize in. But if you have a specialty and you're known in that specialty as an expert, you're going to attract business. And you can run a very successful firm with, uh, with a specialty in, in, in certain areas of healthcare or certain areas of technology, for example, and then make the decision over time, do I want to expand? Is there enough growth opportunity in this segment that I'm known in, or do I have to add another one? And obviously, no right nor wrong answer, but um, no. but individual decisions based yeah, based, on the based, the, based on again the, the the passion and the interest of the owner, and frankly the the, the staff. Um, it's it's you know if you if your staff uh, is just not into technology, it's really difficult to <laughs> to add technology as a new sector in your in your firm. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No, it doesn't. Do you have to worry about giving your staff and your talent, go back to talent, growth and professional development opportunities to keep them? Because it seems to me this this has always been somewhat of an industry where people jumped around a lot. And since you're competing for talent and if you're trying to grow, you, you need that core culture and talent. So how much do we have to focus on developing the people that we do have if we, we obviously need to hire right, but then keeping them? I think it's very important with, with, a, with a couple of caveats. Though. Okay. Yeah, this industry is known for people staying a year or two and jumping to another agency. Oh, I had clients that used quickly. to complain. Like, people are leaving every two or three years. I'm like, that's good on our account. Yeah. They used to, And most agencies, they stay a year. This is an account exact's well, yeah. going to move. Account- exactly. So, so the idea of, uh, and I've heard this, you know, I don't want to put a lot of tra- a lot of money into training and development of my people because they're going to leave. I hear that all the time. Right. So the conundrum is so 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 how how do you not only attract people but but keep people, uh, and and what role does professional development play in that? 
I think it plays an important role. However, it's not the reason, I believe, why people ultimately stay or leave an agency. I think the, the reason people stay or leave an agency most often is the person, their supervisor, the client that they work on, and um, the overall sort of culture of the firm. If you don't like the person you're working for, you're going to look to leave. Well, they can make you miserable on a daily basis, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, what role does compensation play? Of course, if if you are the kind of person who feels that you're never paid enough, you're going to hop and hop until you find, you know, until someone decides – that um, uh, they're not going to hire you anymore because you're a job hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, compensation plays a role. I think another thing that plays a role, I'll go back to vision, is people leave because they, they don't have a sense that their agency has any real goal in mind. It's just get more business and, and work people harder. And that goes back to culture. It goes back to uh, lack of a real vision, lack of a shared vision with the team, um, you know, what are we working hard for? What, 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 what's the goal of this firm? Uh, right. What do we want to be? How do we want to grow? Um, I think a lot of that is important in keeping people. But again, um, I'm a big believer in hiring stars, a big believer in not settling for people who are just good, but frankly trying to find people who have the potential to be great. And people who have the potential to be great really do care about their agency and and the success of their firm and how the firm is going to grow and where it's going to go and what is the vision. Um, And and if you don't have it, they'll leave. Great people will leave for that kind of of, of lack lack of vision, uh, a lack of leadership. Do most firms have a vision? I'm going to say I don't think so, but that's me, and I could be very cynical. I'm I'm not sure that they would all have a vision in the way I sort of define it. Okay. (laughs) I think most firm owners have a financial goal. I don't believe that they have a true vision necessarily, or if they do, they don't necessarily have the follow-up strategic plan to achieve that vision or to move towards that vision. Gotcha. So the goals, uh, I want to be a $2 million agency. I want to be a $5 million. I want to jump from yeah, boutique it, it, to it, small it, it, to which mid-size. Is, which, is, which is more of a financial goal, right? You know, I've got three people now. You know, I, 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 really, want to, I really want to double in size. That's not a vision. That's a, that's a goal. That's yeah. a growth goal. Fine. Good. Nothing wrong with it. Not a, it's not a vision of the kind of firm you want to create, however. I hear you. We're almost out of time, but I want to just jump back to one more thing. You talk about talent, and I always like to ask, for someone just starting out in the business, whether for my students or junior staff who are here for a year, what advice can you give them as they think of our industry, as they join our industry, and hopefully they're on a path to success, and and future leaders? Read a lot. There's a tremendous amount of knowledge, of wisdom and knowledge in and I'm not, I'm not really familiar with this, but I know that there's a big library of stuff within PRSA and the Museum of Public Relations that Shelley Specter and her husband are running, uh, have a tremendous amount of information about the history of our industry. Get to know what this industry has been, what it is today, 
and what it might be tomorrow and develop you know a curiosity about uh, about what what is possible i know that sounds sort of broad and and uh, uh, not very specific but but that's certainly one thing read a lot learn a lot about our industry i think secondly really try to discover if you do have a passion for something whether it's social media whether it's writing whether it's digital, uh, whether it's financial communication, uh, it's really hard to be successful in our business without having a passion for something because it's, so, it's very competitive within agencies. Uh, and the people who rise up in agencies are the people who are not only good at what they do but have a passion for what they do and have a, have a, have a curiosity and, a, and, and knowledge. It's not it's not easy to be successful in in our in our world, but for those who are successful, I think it would be a very rewarding and fun uh, career. And I agree. It's certainly been for me, George. It's been so great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I could talk to you forever, but we're out of time. But I so appreciate your being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Sherry. Thank you again for having me. My pleasure. That's Let's Talk PR and More for today. You can find more information about the show and about me at Goldman Communications Group's website, www.goldmanpr.net. And if you want to hear this show again, you can listen to the podcast, which is posted on Goldman Communications Group's website, as well as on most podcast sites, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking PR and more with you all again next week.